I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. There are several ways to measure the toll that serious civil war is taking on the country. The United Nations offers these grim statistics, 70,000 dead since the conflict began in 2011, and one million people forced to flee their homes. More than 7,000 Syrian refugees are thought to be leaving the country daily. Half are children under the age of 11. As for the children still inside Syria, the violence is a constant deadly threat. Some schools remain open in the country, if you can imagine that, but many kids just don't go. That's according to a study put out this week by the UN Children's Agency, UNICEF. Iman Moruka works for UNICEF in Syria. So, Iman, the statistics that UNICEF found about the education system are pretty frightening. But what stood out for me the most was that in Aleppo, school attendance rate has dropped to 6%. That's low, but given what I'm reading about the country, it seems surprising to me that any kids are going to school at all. Can you give us a picture of what schooling is like now in Syria? About one-fifth of the country's schools are now either damaged and destroyed or being used as, uh, as shelters. But children definitely are still going to school. And families that I've spoken to, they all mention how important it is to make sure that children still continue some kind of education. Are you hearing any uh, anecdotes about families that are cooperating together and kind of doing a, a form of homeschooling? My colleague who was in the field in Tartus recently, he met families displaced by the conflict who now live in a cave because they have nowhere else to stay. And he met with a 23-year-old woman who uh, had to drop out of university herself because of displacement. She lives in this cave with her own children and uh, with children of other families. She teaches those children and she gives them lessons. So they're living in the cave. They're going to school in this cave. Exactly, exactly. They conduct the lessons inside the cave. I also have another colleague, and he visited one of the shelters for displaced families, and he actually met with children who themselves uh, started uh, a classroom in the shelter where they live. And what they do is invite other children to come to their room so that they can study together. Did you meet any school children themselves, and what are they telling you? I was in uh, homes recently, and I visited informal remedial classes. In one of those remedial classes, I met an 11-year-old girl who told me that she had to leave school for a full school year when in her neighborhood uh, the fighting got so bad and her neighborhood school closed. But her parents continued to teach her, and when she was able to go back to school, She didn't have to skip a a school year. So this shows the incredible effort that is being uh, done at the household level. So are there places where it seems totally fine to go to school? So where there is heavy fighting, obviously, the education system and children are paying a terrible price. While in other places, uh, schools are running more uh, normally, however, because of the large influx of displaced population in areas that are relatively more peaceful. This puts a lot of pressure on the school. So many schools are running in two or three shifts per day. So this means that children who are still able to go to school receive less hours of schooling. So all this definitely adds up and children can't really afford to lose any more time. 
I've got to say, despite the worst possible circumstances, some of your stories show the, the determination of kids to have a normal education everywhere. Iman Maruka, representative for UNICEF in Syria, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much, Marco.